everybody. Welcome back to the Game Raiders podcast. Uh, I am Drew, of course, and I've got Sergio here with me. Um, Sergio. What's up? What is the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear the words hype train? Pain. Suffering. (laughs) Indignities. Disappointment. Disappointment. All right. So, yeah, so these words get thrown a lot, around a lot, right? When we're talking about, you know, any kind of new movie or game or, you know. TV show. TV show, anything. People always want something new and exciting, uh, you know. But oftentimes, you know, we may let our expectations run wild and get away from us. And, you know, we get disappointed, ultimately, by the product that we're handed at the end of the day. Um, more so than ever, you know, consumers like us are demanding quality products in exchange for their for our hard-earned greenbacks. Um, <laughs> but is it, you know, are we maybe asking for too much? Are we, are, are, are we the, are we the people that, um, are taking too much for granted. So uh, today, to answer that question, hopefully, probably not answer it, but uh, we've gathered a who's who of who cares together to discuss this. Um, so we've got two of our friends. We've got Emma. And we got Adam. Hello. So, um, thank you guys for coming on to talk with us today. Um, you guys are uh, gamers. Yeah. Um, right? I feel that's fair to say. We're we're all gamers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. I guess so we do know about Emma since she's been on previous episodes. Yeah. yeah. But I guess if, if Emma and Adam, if you guys want to give just a brief like who you are and what you game. Yeah. How about Adam goes first? Yeah, Adam goes first. <laughs> oh no. Well, um, I largely do a lot of shooters. Uh but big on a story-driven stuff as well so uh like uh like drew i'm a big destiny dork so uh that, that that's worked out for the most You're part pretty big sony guy too right like yeah yeah i've stuck to sony for the most part i haven't even owned an xbox so uh but i've moved my way over onto pc now where i'd say my mainstay is other than that uh pretty chill dude Electrical engineering, it's all fun. <laughs> right on, right so on. So no time for gaming anymore, no but uh, I I feel that man. Like I just I have no time for anything nowadays. It feels like. Um, Emma, <laughs> yeah. um, you have been on before. You've kind of talked about yeah. some of the games that you're you're like an expert. Yes. Doctorate. So... You have your doctorate in. You yeah, know, I, I like I like a lot of games, you know. I don't really ha- I mean, I guess if I had to like uh pin pin one genre, I I I like the most probably like RPGs just because I think they usually have the best stories, best characters, you know. I like games like that a lot. But I'm really open to play almost anything. Um I haven't gotten too too into like multiplayer stuff though. I have I there's certain games like I played Overwatch for a while play League of Legends for a while, but I mostly stick to the single player, like story based stuff. Um but yeah, like I like I like a lot of series. <laughs> like I like um mm-hmm. like you guys are familiar with, I like games like Resident Evil and Kingdom Hearts, but yep. um I also like I really like the Mass Effect series. 
Um, I like Nintendo stuff. Uh, I actually do own Xboxes. I own a 360. But... Yeah, Emma is what we in the business like to refer to as a weeb. Um, and I then like... I I own I own Sony consoles too. So I, I don't have a good PC to play PC games. So I mostly just do Nintendo and uh, Sony, PlayStation. So. But All I do right. a little bit of PC where I can. So Right on, right on. Yeah. Um, so this is gonna kind of be a little like freeform. Uh, not this isn't really scripted too much. I kind of came up with a few talking points, and I'm just kind of gonna let. I mean, I think I'm just gonna let the conversation kind of go down a path uh, after after I started off, and we'll just we'll just kind of see where that takes us, and you know, we might we might discover some things about ourselves along the way, you know, um, some, some, some deep seated mm-hmm. insecurities that we have to overcome, you know, to, uh, conquer the ultimate evil, uh, <laughs> you know, sort of, sort of a hero's journey, if you will. The hype um, train is the friends we made along the way. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, to kind of, kind of kick us off here, I want to bring up, uh, two, uh, specific games uh, in recent years that have been uh, kind of overhyped uh, or allegedly overhyped. Oh, uh, too, huh? Does one of them start with a C? One of them does start with a C. <laughs> um, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about. I, I want to talk about both of these games in the context of like what happened, what went wrong. You know, like, and, and, and it were, were we like just as, as a population of gamers, were we justified in, in our outcry against both of these games? Uh, and both of the, and these two games are obviously, uh, or maybe not obviously if you've been living under a rock, but, uh, the two games are No Man's Sky and Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> so No Man's Sky, uh, came out in 2016 and it was, um and it was released following a pretty big um marketing campaign uh led by the creative director of the game uh at Hello Games Sean Murray um and and he would come to be one of the most hated men in the industry following the release of the game for all of the promises he was making mm-hmm. about about the game like he would you know all, all these uh aspirations of exploration and adventure and discovering the unknown and then when no man's sky was ultimately ultimately released in its initial state it was very very lacking in a lot of features uh and then cyberpunk 2077 obviously uh released uh really recently um to <laughs> What can only be described as a, the opposite of fanfare. Yeah, the opposite of fanfare. <laughs> Thank you, Emma. Uh, that's actually perfect. Uh, people unless, were literally unless you. Oh, classic. Good one, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear me? No. 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 <laughs> I said unless you have a five thousand dollar PC. Right. Uh, I got yeah, it. Okay. that's fair. People, people were literally uh, burning images of cd project red in effigy um 
So I burned my, my CDPR uh, jersey I bought. <laughs> right? Yeah. I had to take it and burn the back. Um, and, and this this game was had had like a seven year development cycle. Um, it had this huge. Actually, it did not. Well, not not a seven year, but it, it was not. it was revealed seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It was, um, it had a huge marketing campaign featuring Keanu Reeves, and um, they were really pushing the immersiveness of the game. They were really pushing the, like, all of the choice and consequence of the story and your character's actions and the customization uh, that you could do. Uh, But then when the game released, um, it was released in a very, very buggy um unpolished state on the generation it was developed for um and so then funny. and and then even the next gen was struggling a little bit yeah. um it was really only actually playable on uh on pc yeah well, and the really sad part oh sorry right, go ahead the really sad part is like i mean it was like crashing people's computers like yeah if it was just like general bugginess i think that could be more forgiven but it was like it like restarted one dude's pc like general bugginess <laughs> people often enjoy in video games yeah <laughs> i mean to a certain well point to a that. certain point i think i think there's <laughs> right, a threshold right you know i'm more forgiving in open world yeah i'm playing like i'm playing like the last of us 2 and there's like a bit pretty funny bug i'm not gonna be really happy because it kind of ruins the immersion it does it does um so yeah so in the context of both of these games um having these huge like pr campaigns and um all of the promises that were made about them uh do you think uh the question i want to pose to you guys is do you guys think that the reaction from uh the consumer slash fan base um was like was it too little was it you know was it kind of right what you guys expected considering the state of the game or um or do you think that um you know both hello games and cdpr should have been taken more to task and like you know the Mm -hmm. basically the reaction was was not enough yeah okay here, I'll go first. Okay. All right. I want to split this into answer your question in two halves. Okay. So the first one, um, I'm going to talk about No Man's Sky and Hello Games. So mm-hmm. Hello Games, pretty small company, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. And they were Major working with they, they were they were working with Sony, and I, I, my, my assumption is that they were telling Sony this is kind of what we want to do, mm-hmm. and Sony was like, "That's what you're doing." And then Sony hyped up the game so much. And Sony was the one pressuring them because they're a pretty small independent studio. And Sony was the one that was like, this game's going to be like next level. You know, they're the ones going for it. Um, so for them, I feel like the anger was pointed in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. The anger should not have been at the small studio that was trying its best. It should have been at right. the big conglomerate, you know, corporate overlords, um, you know, at Sony that were putting these expectations and hyping up this game that realistically probably should not have, like, I think if it came out independently and was the, was the game that we got and it wasn't, like, a super hyped-up game, 
uh, that they'd be like, okay, this is this is pretty good. You know, it's like a fun little game. And then they keep adding to it over the year. And then, you know, you get the game we have now, which people love. And it apparently... Yeah. Everybody I mean, it, it won best... Um, continuing Best game. On, ongoing, ongoing game oh, yeah. Yeah. of 2020. So it's definitely gotten to a point mm-hmm. where people are actually enjoying their time in No Man's Sky, and, and the game is actually thriving um, after right, several second. years. So, Part two, second, second answer. Okay, so uh, CDPR, I feel like the anger isn't hot, isn't enough yeah. for what they okay. did. Um, one, they screwed over all their developers and designers uh-huh. just by, you know, uh, crunch, and then also... Um, they kept hyping up things that didn't end up even mattering or being in the game at all. Even mm-hmm. up to like, uh, even up to like a couple months before it came out, there were some mm-hmm. elements that they were talking about and releasing videos for on their official YouTube page that aren't even in the game or have no impact on the game. Like the mm-hmm. the story branch element, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That has no impact on the game. You could be any any one of those character, any one of the whatever <laughs> gangs or whatever, mm-hmm. no impact. And they hyped it up like, oh, it, you know, you can play it. And every it's all unique and and that right. that didn't I mean, it's pretty much the same exact game you, from any one of those storylines and that was released like September and the game came out in December mm-hmm. so uh, there's that yeah. um, and then also just like I feel like you know if we were realistic with themselves they could have delayed it a year mm-hmm. instead of, instead of delaying it you know six months or whatever I feel like. Um, because now their whole reputation is ruined. And you know, they mm-hmm. built this good reputation with games like Witcher, Witcher 2, Witcher 3. Um, and Witcher 3 was buggy, but it wasn't like terribly buggy where it would crash mm-hmm. your your games or your PC or your, or your console. Um, right. So I, I really do feel like the anger for Cyberpunk is not mm-hmm. high enough. And again, I don't say at the developers or designers. It should be at yeah. CDPR's leadership yeah, right. or head people. Uh, just how, like, I think people shouldn't How's be bad enough at, at a, what's called a Hello, Hello Games, games. Sony. Yeah. Right. Um, and also, you know, gamers, I don't know, expecting too much, is I think, is a weird way to say it, because these are promises that they were making to us. They were right. like, hey, you know, you know you, you're playing Cyberpunk. It's going to be the most immersive game. You know, you, you every character is going to have its own unique, you know, day-night stuff or whatever. And, um you know, the game, even like I was saying, like, oh, there's three different branches you can go down and they're all going to have unique stories. And that's not even an element in the game. Or, you know, what, what was the point of you, the the full, complete character design? You can, you know, completely change your character and you can't even see yourself in a window or a mirror. Mm-hmm. And there's no, like, third person element to the game at all. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what was the point I, of that? You know? Yeah. yeah. I, I do think it's interesting, Sergio, that you bring up, because uh, you, t- you talk about the reactions to both both games whereas with no man's sky the reaction was very targeted against uh hello games yep. initially and it was only later that Heavily. kind of sony's involvement kind of was became the target um i still don't and, even know if sony was ever really targeted i feel like it was mainly sean and hello it was games. it was mostly yeah, sean I, feel and like, hello I, games. I feel like from what i most of the stuff I've seen almost everything that came from about the game came from Sean Murray. So yeah. I mean, stuff he said, but yeah, at the end said, of the day, it, he's he's reporting Sony. I think, Sony. He, was pushed. Yeah. I think yeah, he was pushed. Yeah, he was very by much pushed yeah. by Sony to get it out quickly. And I, 
It, like, it was how, well before they should have probably released. Yeah, how often yeah. does a game developer or, you know, you know, he's the whatever over yeah. the Hello Games go on Stephen Colbert talk about a video game? Yeah. yeah he, he, doesn't set, he doesn't set that up. Sony sets that up. Yeah. Right. So Absolutely. he's got to go and sell the game, and it's not the game that they had. I, so yeah, I just... I really I don't think... think that Sony ever really faced any pushback from it like they should have. No, they... I... I, I... I agree with you heavily on that one, if I can step in for a minute. I, I remember at the start going to defend this game because I wanted it to work so badly. Uh, just the concept of it, the ability to have a, you know, a billion planets and galaxies and whatnot in this game was so intriguing to me. Just I was going to get it for that. If everything else failed, I was thinking that, that's a great concept that, that can be built on. But ultimately, it failed because it didn't have the support from Sony to actually get it done at the start. So, and now that they've had backing in time, they've shown that they can succeed and do very well. It's still buggy. It's a big open world game at times. So, we already discussed that that has problems at times. But overall, it's an exceptional game now. Mm -hmm. Redemption. Yeah. I, well, and I and I do think it's interesting that um, well, again, we've seen redemption stories like this, uh, like over over the past couple of years, like become more prevalent. Like Destiny Two, released in a very bad state because of Activision's leadership, and now it is one of the top ongoing live service games. Um, Elder Scrolls Online released in a very terrible state, but over the years has become a one of the top MMOs uh, played today. You know, so like we've seen these kind of like comeback stories. Um, you know, where a game is released in a very very un maybe unfinished is not the right word, maybe um, maybe less than expected or desired outcome. And then gradually over time, it becomes the game that a lot of us, I right. think, imagine in our heads. Um, so, so that's an interesting point to talk about, like development time and like, especially as games get more high tech, you know, the development time is 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 needing to be increased. You know, whereas you know it might have taken a triple A AAA game like two years or three years you know development now it's like getting to the point where it's like you almost need four or five years you know which is fine which is fine for us but companies are like very instant gratification like we got to get this thing out we gotta yeah we yeah, gotta recoup on they, our investment they care, they care about that money they, yeah, yeah they, they gotta get that money back yeah. in and that, that's a lot of the stuff that gamers i don't think see uh, yeah. You know, I think all of us sort of, you know, here sort of work on some either development product development or anything like that. You know, we make videos here in this group and we make, you know, I work as an electrical engineer, so I build a product. And there's a lot of budgeting that goes into this stuff. And at the end of the day, you got to make money or you're not going to get any, you know, forward <laughs> building right. on it or anything. So right. a lot of it is hyping it up getting a game out there and then it then you build this base that's going to play it just because mm -hmm. they spent money on it 
And, you know, we can get into all sorts of discussions. I don't want to get jump too much into other stuff, but it, it becomes a thing of what's the price range that video games really need to be set at. You know, is it always going to be $60 for every game ever that's a triple A? Mm-hmm. Well, like now aren't current gen new releases 70? Some, yeah. some of them are jumping yeah. up to $70. Yes. Exactly. Um, so so if any, if nobody has anything else to say about Cyberpunk 2077 and No Man's Sky specifically, I do. Actually, I do. Hold on. You do? Okay, go <laughs> ahead. Okay, sorry, stuff. sorry. Sure. Okay, so my prediction, and this is, I don't feel like Cyberpunk will ever truly redeem itself in the way that Destiny 2 or No Man's Sky did. No. I think a lot of it is because there are elements that they just flat out lied about that mm-hmm. take you know that would basically have to remake the whole game. And I mean, sure, you can remake the whole game, but at what? What's the point at that point? Like, what's the cost? Like, it's not a it's yeah. not a game where you're playing sure. for it over. You, people buy it once. Um, so, and you know, even now you can go buy it for like 20, 20 30 bucks, and mm, it's been sure. out for like four months. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, I think the pandemic, and then they were recently hacked, so like this whole just delay their whole system, their mm-hmm. whole their whole plan. They had roadmap. They had a roadmap for patches, and they had a roadmap for console updates and they had a, a roadmap uh, for dlc and all those are just delayed until whenever you know indefinitely mm-hmm. so i feel like um i pretty much feel like cdpr's whole reputation is in the pooper so and, yeah yeah if i could add on to that actually yeah. um so like because i don't know i don't know a whole whole lot about the no man's sky development um but uh yeah based on what i do know about cyberpunk is and i and i told this to sergio last night I don't think current like the PS4 or Xbox One versions are going to be patched. I I told that to him. I was like, I realistically at this point in time do not see them focusing their efforts on patching those. I don't think those baseline consoles are going to get patches. I think uh, they might. I think they're going to just focus on PC and then developing the PS5, Xbox Series Mm -hmm. X versions because, like, I mean. If people are going to play it, your game already has a reputation of not playing well on mm-hmm. older consoles. So why would you why would you take that chance? Like, I might take that chance if it ever does. But right. I'm not like, I'm not like, you know, I'm not like, no, I'm not like now, grasping at yeah. it. I mean, I considered buying it um, when it was 30 at Best Buy, but I don't know. And then mm-hmm. also, um, I was going to add something else and I forgot what my point was. Um I think that, um, oh yeah, so I think that the big problem that a game like Cyberpunk has, that a game like No Man's Sky or Destiny 2 uh, doesn't, or even like a game like Fallout 76, which is mm-hmm. going to be, time will tell if that game can redeem itself. I think we'll that's, fully in Bethesda's, uh. that's fully in Bethesda's court. And so <laughs> yeah. far, they haven't really, they haven't really done it, oh, but that's in my opinion. No to a game like cyberpunk which is a story driven rpg (laughs) that what the first and like you know especially because the story isn't as different you can't really it's not as different per play as people would have liked you're going to be the only people who are going to be replaying that are people who really liked it and want to return to it and you know I just, I just, you know, you really only have one chance for a first impression with a story-driven game. And if you flub that, Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's, that's another reason I don't want to play it yet. Because like, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to have a good time. You know? I think that's a very good point. 
Uh, I haven't mm-hmm. returned to um, Final Fantasy uh, 16, even after they redid a bunch of their 15? story. You, you 15. mean 15? 15, 15, my mistake. 16 is not out yet. Yeah, Adam's actually from the future, guys. He's from the future where Final Fantasy yeah. 16 yeah, comes you know, out. That's, yeah. So, that's so warning, we'll save your money. Bro. Save your money. Don't get Final Fantasy 16. It won't work. Yeah, I'm fail. actually really excited. I think it's going to be good. Uh, I have faith in Yoshi P. But so, 15 okay, failed so. for me on that same thing. The story was mediocre to start for me. And uh, there's a lot. I haven't gone back. There's a lot to unpack with that game that you yeah. would need an entire podcast just Yeah, that's to why we don't want to get into that. So, I didn't finish it, so I can't do it. I'm going to pocket that. Whenever you want me to talk about that one, I'll be happy say, to come I, back. I have to do an episode on on the development of Final Fantasy yeah. 15. Uh, it is one of my eventually. favorite stories. So. Um, but no, I mean th- that's a really good point though because, yeah, like 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 you said, games like Destiny 2 or Fallout 76 or you know whatever. No Man's those Sky. Those are No Man's Sky. They're designed to be live service games with longevity. Yeah. Yeah. where they have updates coming in left and right you know they're like firing off new features all the time you whereas cyberpunk you buy it. yeah whereas a game like cyberpunk 2077 you're expecting it when you buy that game you're expecting it to be a com- a mostly complete package yeah. from the get go i mean there's yeah. dlc obviously nowadays but for the most part that game was expected to be a finished product. Yeah. yeah. And also, I mean, there is talks about them doing a multiplayer, kind of in the vein of GTA Online. But they right. really that, shouldn't that, be prioritizing yes, that they at this point. I don't think they are like anymore. That could, that, if, if it does eventually happen, if they're able to fix the game, which, again, I don't think they will, um, I do feel like maybe that could bring some new life to it. Sure. I, well, I, I, in my opinion, I do think they'll fix it. I just don't think it's going to be anytime soon. And I don't think it's yeah. going to. I mean, they made their money back, which that's kind of the worst part is that, like, you know, they didn't financially suffer from this. Um, yeah. Because, could, and, could, and you could go yeah. into a deeper conversation yeah. about how gaming journalism kind of misled the public about that game along with the marketing team. Like, because I don't think it's just. And the lapse of the people who gave it like eight or nines when yeah. for the majority of gamers it's not going to be an eight or a nine yeah. it's going to yeah. be well, a, a seven if you're yeah. lucky I, I do feel to be fair to the to people like reviewers and stuff like that they were only given pc versions yeah and they also couldn't they were kind their, of bamboozled too, they also, yeah. they also yeah. couldn't capture their own audio their own video clips they were told mm-hmm. that yeah, yeah that is that in, is really in, in, bizarre in reviews they have to use Pre, Stock footage, pre, pre provided oh. footage. Yeah, and so they they kind of got fucked over too. Yeah. it wasn't like yeah, they were trying true. to intentionally mislead people. Yeah. They weren't. It they was... weren't even consoles at all. So even yeah. in that situation, kind of goes back to whoever made the. I, I'm assuming it was their PR team who made all yeah. those decisions. So, yeah. Now I will say again, games like Destiny, like these comeback stories, like Destiny Two, Elder Scrolls Online, No Man's Sky. Final Fantasy 14. Final Fantasy 14. These are games that required like three plus years to get to the state where they are widely accepted yeah. 
and played by millions and and beloved uh and i'm not saying that cyberpunk 2077 can't do it uh i'm just saying like like you were saying emma it's gonna take time but when the chips are down like when you've got nothing to lose like when bungie had nothing to lose when hello games had nothing yeah, to lose that's true well yeah and, 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 and with final fantasy 14 th- that whole thing <laughs> was a freaking miracle that they got that relaunch to work so because i mean it's insane like yeah. you know they they completely overhauled the game and re-released it and it was a hit and i don't and and like nobody really knows how that worked but sometimes you gotta take those big risks like sometimes yeah. you have to completely rebuild your game from the ground up i mean yeah. i'm not saying i'm not suggesting they mm-hmm. go that route with cyberpunk 2077 but i'm I saying don't know how like, you win. i'm just saying that you have to make rats like in these situations where the chips are down, you have to make radical decisions in order to progress sometimes like destiny Two, in order to, uh, in order to continue going at the pace that they, they wanted to be able to get content out. They had to take a large chunk of the pre-existing game out of the game. Like they had to take stuff that people already paid for and take and kind of put it in a vault, mm-hmm. you know, for the time being. So, I, I also, mean, more recent example, I think, uh, Halo Infinite, you know, it came out, it was going to come out last year, and, uh, you know, there was a big push for it with Xbox, it being that game launches with Xbox, and they already had, they already had all, like, you could, you could go to a store right now, and you could buy a Monster Energy drink with a Master oh. Chief on it, that right uh that gives you double points for Whoops. halo online but now you can't use it. it's expired now because you know, like it's supposed to come in november and mm. that those those points uh, are expired <laughs> um but you know what they did they delayed it for a year and that's a pretty yeah. balls that was a ballsy move because they did not want to release a bad product they didn't want the because halo 5 was already kind of bad bad and you know this would if it was two bad games back to back it might have killed the franchise yeah franchise would kill the studio so they they knew that and i think when they got the reception they got from that showcase in like the summer and they're like shoot man we have to do something i i you know in the end i ended up like congrats you know good job you know a 343 Mm -hmm. knowing that the best thing to do would just be delay for a year um you know go from november Mm -hmm. 2020 to november 2021 and they're not rebuilding the game completely. They're just really fixing up all the issues yeah. that they had. And, um, you know, so, I mean, and who knows? Maybe it still come out and still suck. But, right. at least you know, at least they took the time to make sure that it didn't suck. Yeah. Ass- Acknowledging mm-hmm. criticism, yeah. that is a big part of getting there. Well, and then also, I feel like, you know, uh, as, as, as I feel like these situations have really shown us, is that, like, you know, if a game gets delayed... Yeah, we might be like players might be upset about it at the time, but if it's a good game, ten years down the road, people aren't going to remember the delays. People are going to remember that it was a good game, yep. you know. Whereas, you know, your cyberpunks, you know, stuff like that, you know, people are going to remember that, you know. Yeah, I just want to imagine what the state of the game cyberpunk was if it actually came out in its April initial April release time. Oh right. Oh man. I mean. It would have been. It would have been. It would have been. Honestly, like I feel like if if that had actually happened, 
they they would never be making a game again. <laughs> like yeah. I feel like, yeah. Um. Okay. So, does anybody have anything else they want to add about Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven or No Man's Sky in the context uh, only that, of expectations? Only, only that. Uh. Uh. As we learned recently. Uh, we watched uh, Matt McMuscles' video on what happened with Cyberpunk 2077. And in that video, you learn that the marketing budget was double the budget oh, for the God. actual game. And oh, I wow. just want to say, um, maybe nice. don't do that if you're a game developer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know you got to get your, I, you want to get the word out about your game, but mm -hmm. yeah, you need to make yes. sure there's actually a game to play. Oh, <laughs> also, it was only, it was only in development for four years. Yeah, I was in development for four years, which yeah. that was the other. Okay, which I I feel like we've we've learned this at this point. I think, and I think a lot of developers have learned this at this point, except maybe Bethesda. But um, don't announce your game uh, when it's not in development. Too early, yeah. yeah. Or don't don't put out a trailer. Just just say we're working on it. Hard to, things fall through on that stuff all the time. You get building on something and they changed ideas mm -hmm. in the middle they of it or whatnot. It, production schedules change all the time. It, yeah. yeah, things change in development all the time. I can I speak to this, even on the small scale that I work in on stuff, it changes all the time. Mm -hmm. it, it was just, I think that was the first big mistake and then the mistakes just kept yeah just kept you know, piling the, on top of each other like a great big tire fire yeah it was just one bad move <laughs> after another all right so i know we talked about it a little bit earlier emma you kind of brought up the the topic of the price of games going up um and this is just in general relevant because the cost of entry for video games is getting higher and higher um not just in terms of games but also for consoles like whatever your preferred platform is uh, so the previous console generation, a PS4 and Xbox One would go for uh, uh, 399.99. No, you're uh, wrong. What, what do you mean I'm wrong? Xbox One was 500. Xbox One was 500. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I thought that I thought they were the same. Uh -huh. um, so, uh, but a Nintendo Switch, uh, if I'm if I'm right, was only 299. Yeah. 99. Um. Now, if you want to buy into the newest generation, it's going to cost you. Is is it four ninety nine ninety nine for an Xbox Series X as well? Yes, I know it is for the PS five. Okay, it's just want to make sure that was correct. And then okay. PS five digital is three ninety nine, mm -hmm. and Xbox Series S is two ninety nine. Right, um, and then as Emma mentioned before, uh, some games are increasing from the traditional $60 that we've been used to for the longest time up to uh, $70 for the next gen. Uh, PC gamers, uh, you guys have it even worse uh, because of the high initial startup cost of building your own PC, which can uh, get up into the thousands. Yeah. You know, if, you're, if you're really trying to right. max out all of the specs on your, on your graphics card and your uh, processor. Obviously. Um, yeah, yeah, they can obviously vary. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, obviously, there's a lot of variance in all of this. Um, now, uh, so so this this brings up the point that I want to talk about next. Um, with the cost of games and 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 gaming in general uh, increasing, uh, do you think it is? Um, do you think it's unfair? 
that we should demand um, that we should demand a higher tier of like product from studios or should we kind of expect should we expect like what what we've kind of been getting from from companies like Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo in recent years should that continue to kind of be the status quo where they kind of you know like we were talking about development cycles uh, earlier games are are coming out you know uh, usually within like you know two or three years or something like that do you think that's that should still be um, uh, still be the uh, the tradition as as upheld so I can start on this if yeah, that's okay. Yeah. So um, I I'm largely fine with paying for an experience that is, or I'm I'm fine with paying for a game that is like the price point is, like if I'm getting a good experience out of it, I don't care if I'm paying like seventy dollars. So I mean, console prices at initial release they're always high. You know, PS3s were like five five hundred or something when they first came out for some models. So it's it's not unheard of. Um, the prices are going to go down. Um, you know, it, it's just the way it is. So I'm fine with that. And also prices are are high anyway because I feel like you know I feel like this is a very abnormal, like kind of time to be buying a console at launch because of the stock issue but like i feel like in the past you know a lot of, i mean a lot of the times the 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 high the the bulk of your sales aren't going to come in that first period of of they're going to come and as you know time goes on so you know it's fine it's fine i don't care about that you know but um i'm i'm a huge proponent of like what nintendo does with their releases where they price them kind of based on what you're getting you know like um like yes. like kind of I, I guess it's like scale to the effort that they put into their games usually mm -hmm. like if it's a remake of a game where they just like ported it it's oftentimes a little cheaper like i remember like the wii u uh zelda remakes were like 10 or 15 dollars cheaper which that was cool um sometimes they would price their newer games at 60 but a lot of the times they i mean i i still think new switch games are sometimes not 60 they're like 50 or something um and i'm i'm a huge proponent of how you know like indie indie games are priced i think relatively fairly um mm -hmm. and you know triple a titles if it's a good game i don't mind paying 60 or 70 dollars for it i do think there's a problem when you get into the you know like a $60 game that is very little content and then they expect mm -hmm. microtransactions on top of that. That's a whole other mm -hmm. issue. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do think there is some prob that there's some problematic elements to that. Uh, but you know, like it is what it is, man. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I, I wish that there, there's definitely games I do regret buying at full price. Mm -hmm. um but i don't think it's like a cardinal sin i think i think i think we're getting into the territory where we might really start to have issues with that um if if more games turn out like cyberpunk but you know yeah yeah um no that i mean that that's a fair point um because i mean just i mean i guess just like with anything that you spend money on you don't 
exactly know um, what your experience with it is going to be until you've actually bought it and experienced it. You know, you can kind of make guesses based off of, uh, especially like if it, if a if it's a movie or a video game that's in a franchise that you're very familiar with, like Legend yeah. of Zelda or you know Star Wars or something like that, you can kind of make an assumption um, that you will probably like it based on if you liked the previous games and or movies uh, in that in that series. Um, but with indie games it's, or and, or newer IPs. It's sometimes hard to know yeah. if it's gonna be worth that sixty dollars um, before you buy it. So, mm-hmm. and on, on price points and so on. At this point, on indie games, particularly if you're a PC gamer on Steam and so on, games don't come out at sixty dollars. <laughs> yeah, or whatever. I was gonna say that. They, games usually I mean, I, I've even seen, you know, gone to GameStop recently and looked at some of the indie games on PlayStation, and they come out mm-hmm. as thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think thirty is like the highest I've seen. They're they're getting to right. the point they're doing better on on that. I think you could stand, you know, as a purchaser. <laughs> I, I realize we don't want to normally pay a hundred dollars for a game, but certain games. If it came with all the content that's supposed to be in it, I know I don't have to buy all the DLC on top of it, and it mm-hmm. releases with it all, I will pay $100 for a game. Mm-hmm. It better be really good, though, and it better be polished. Yeah. And that's what I expect. I, I don't. I think we're the frustration where we come into, oh, we're too needy, and sometimes I think gamers can be, or too uh, high expectations, comes into... We're not getting the full game from the start. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're yeah. nickel and diamond you, it feels like, versus just giving you the experience you thought you'd be paying for. Right. Yeah, I think a big example could be kind of like EA's handling of the Star Wars games. Mm-hmm. Battlefront, mm-hmm. Battlefront 2 were both games yeah. that weren't really super complete, especially Battlefront 1. Uh, you got it, and it was like half a game, and it was 60 bucks, and then you had to buy all the DLC. Yeah. So he bought, at the end of the day, if you ended up buying all the maps and everything, I think you ended up being close to like $200. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with Battlefront 2. It's about official yeah. microtransactions. I'll, and I'll tell you, those, though, to me, break the whole system in that I think those are a ripoff no matter what. I think there's a whole... they weren't oh. worth... Uh, Altogether all with the DLC, mm-hmm. it might and have I, been closer to 60-something, not 200. I think there's a whole other debate you could have about the ethics of DLC, too. Like... Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it depends. Because like, it depends. Example, yeah, it definitely depends. Uh, a game like I think the Mortal Kombat, the, the the newer Mortal Kombat and Injustice games, like you could buy the base game and you still get like thirty characters you can play with, and then they have all these additional characters you can add through DLC. Yeah. But you know, you get a lot of fires off the bat. Thirty fires is like nothing to, you know, mm-hmm. to complain about. Yeah. It's not like it's, it's not like you story it's like, and it's yeah. good. It's not like you yeah, get like I, ten fighters and then you build it to thirty. No, yeah. you get your. 30 and then you get there's like maybe nine extra additional fires they add by the end of the life cycle. I'm more I'm more focusing and I should have clarified I think I'm more focusing on like uh story DLC that turns out to be maybe like super important to a plot of a game yes. uh-huh. or uh like um well and then I think there's a difference too because I feel like there's I mean there, it's it's a fine line because I feel like there's examples of story DLC that 
is kind of it kind of ties into the game well that you enjoy the game more with it but they didn't necessarily start working on that when sure. you know like like yeah. uh last of us left behind right is a great that's, example that's of the that. exact same one you i was know, thinking of actually it, and that, that I, that's a super important necessary. one to play if you want to play the full series right but I mean, it also, you, you they might have been working on it before, they, but it doesn't really impair your enjoyment of the main story to, a, you know, a yes. degree. It adds you know. to your story, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, it doesn't just, it's not necessary for you to enjoy the main story that comes from it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think in terms of pricing, I'm sure about how, like, what, you know, what's a good price for a game, stuff like that. I really think that, and even development cycles. Um, I do feel like, and, I, and it's going to sound like an old record because we talk about this all the time, I do think that what Game Pass is doing is actually uh, helping developers not have to be so worried about development time I agree. And, and also price points and stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. end of the day, you know, Microsoft is still making its money back because they have, you know, they're making a trillion dollars, uh, I don't know, there's... A, a month or a year or whatever you know that from from a from a subscription based service yeah so they're well, they're not going to be so worried about like oh this game comes out 70 bucks we didn't sell that well but yeah. oh hey you know on game pass we have Residuals. 30 yeah we have 30 million subscribers that are playing this game so it's no big deal i definitely think gaming is going to shift in the uh in as games get longer and the development cycles get longer i think we're going to be seeing a lot more stuff like game pass a lot more emphasis on streaming and stuff like that and then also um episodic games i think that's going to be a a more we're going to see a huge rise in that too you know so So, uh i do want to throw this out there as a a, to kind of jump off on that uh ubisoft has already made a uh promise to put more of a focus on live service and mobile gaming in the future uh mm. they're kind of they're going to try and, they're going to try and trend less towards triple mm. a mm. uh big titles uh obviously they still have F- far cry 6 um and they have like another uh rainbow six game coming out what about um, just dance girl? skull and bones um, just dance. but um but <laughs> but they're gonna start uh apparently they're they're gonna start um putting more of a development focus on uh, those types of games uh, versus, like, the traditional, like, AAA, like, big open-world games that we're familiar with from them. Um, so, I mean, it it's just interesting because we're talking about shifts in gaming and, and pricing. I, I do think, to a certain degree, that also helps uh, <laughs> companies stay afloat during those longer development cycles. So I totally get that to a certain degree, you know. Um I just wish they put more effort into making those games quality and not just cash grabs. But um, and there was one other thing I wanted to go back and um, and bring up as a question uh, when we were talking about DLC. Um, do you guys think? Um, do you guys think that D uh, and, and specifically on the ethics, I guess, of DLC uh, in terms of consumer studio relations uh what do you guys think about dlc that is released at the same time that the game is released like pre-order bonuses mm-hmm. or I mean, um 
or 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 like small story chapters that are released at the same time that the game is released at to kind of like draw people to a certain platform or uh or game i'm fine with it as long as it doesn't interfere with my enjoyment of the base game i mean i i don't know any examples of like story dlc that's like a pre-order bonus but yeah normally i see I've that never in heard like of that. call of duty for example is where yeah. i sort of see that stuff <laughs> and it's normally okay you're going to be playing this game you say here's the 20 maps you can buy them all now and we'll give you a oh. price right is how i see that and that's not bad to me that's okay. hey you know what you're getting your full <laughs> amount of money in this game which i don't look at a cod game normally and say i'm getting ripped off here it's normally got a lot really polished multiplayer it doesn't have bugs and it's normally got some kind of campaign that's going to give me you know 12 to 20 hours worth of gameplay that's entertaining if you're a cod guy now and then you know i'll pay an extra 50 bucks for all the extra maps skins gun skins and all that specialty stuff for pre-ordering at the beginning they'll give me a cheaper mm-hmm. price than what if i was to buy them individually as they came out that's fine with Okay. Um, okay. Uh, does anybody have anything else they want to add in terms of talking about the cost of gaming in relation to um, our expectations for what we should theoretically get from our games? Yeah. Um, I'll just say I think this is sort of a this expectation problem that you know, is in this debate of do we expect too much? It's really a market-driven thing mm-hmm. at the end of the day to me. It, it's There are problem franchises and problem studios at times that create this thing. But for the most part, I don't think studios are really an issue. Yeah, I think consumers just... I think consumers just need to be a little bit more um, wary of... Mm-hmm what they're buying i don't know and like i understand like you know sometimes you're just really excited for a game and you buy it and you know like i'm sure a lot of people felt that way about cyberpunk but definitely hold your expectations at times on that stuff but um it it, the price when it comes to it can can be done in a way that it's just about variable pricing (laughs) to me is an important way that you could go forward in thinking this i if it's a 30 dollar game don't charge me 60 bucks at the start yeah yeah right that's true mm-hmm. um yeah those are all very good points um okay so we're gonna move on to the uh last talking point uh that i kind of wanted to bring up and uh this is this is kind of gonna blur the line i guess maybe a little bit between um uh consumers and uh studio uh you know, we might argue it from from the studio perspective a little bit as well here. Um, so we've we've kind of also talked about this a little bit already, but games are just getting um, more realistic. Uh, they're redefining the term high definition all the time. Uh, you know, they're just they're taking longer to make in some cases um you know so 
which which can be quite a uh, quite a burden on uh, development teams, especially it, like it like when we have new console generations come up, where you know you might not be as familiar with the new. Uh, you may not be as familiar with the new tech. You might be trying yeah. to work work with this new application or program that you're not familiar with. Um, so I, I guess like what I want to, what I want to kind of talk about is like, because of the, um, I guess the rigors of development, uh, potentially increasing because of the new hardware, um, like, do, do you think that, do you think that maybe um, we are we are kind of potentially expecting too much when it comes to like, hey, um, like you guys said this was going to be uh, the, like there, there's sort of an expectation like when you release a game uh, on a new console, I guess, or something like that, uh, that it's supposed to it's supposed to look the best on that new console right mm. um right so like are we are we expecting um too much from games like say that come out maybe in between console generations or like launch on multiple platforms that uh maybe don't look necessarily the best so i don't know if i quite phrased that correctly yeah I was, i'm a little lost what you're trying to say <laughs> Um, I, basically, I, I can't think of a game recently, at least a big game that came out that just did looked terrible. Uh-huh. Um, and I feel like at launch, your your games should look as like say a new con, like for example, the Xbox and the PlayStation Five. Your games should at least look just slightly a little bit better than the previous generation, in which this happened for both, like Miles Morales, you know, on the PS Five with all the ray tracing, looks a little bit better than. Spider than Miles Morales on the PS4. Um, I feel like by the end of your generation, you should where you should look your best. So like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, end of the PlayStation generation, you got Last of Us Two, which is one of the best. Yeah. Games. You got Ghost of Tsushima, which is the best looking games. It, you know, and that came out you know a couple months before the PS5. Um, that's what I think. I think as the life cycle of a console grows and grows, and developers get more and more familiar with how to work within that constraint. That's when you get your best-looking stuff. Again, I can't think of a a, a recent memory because even Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk still looked good. Yeah, it was running fine. It just looked buggy. I can't think of a memory when like a game comes out like, oh, this looks terrible. Like the graphics Mm. look bad. Uh, It hasn't been that way in a while. I I think maybe if you go back to like 360 era, PS3 era, you might have that. When like I guess something like Duke Nukem Forever finally came out and like super dated, it looked Mm -hmm. bad, stuff like that. But yeah. modern day gaming and modern day stuff, I don't, I can't, I can't think of an example where, unless you guys can think of one, I just can't think of one where. Not really. That was a complaint, like, oh, this it just looks ugly or whatever. Most I mean, games, there were, there were games that dropped the ball, but usually they weren't like AAA titles. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Big games, like I'm yeah. sure there's tons of indie games that are coming out that look. Like you're, okay, what are, what are you doing here? <laughs> you're yeah. like you're uh, to to make a very dated reference. You're right to hell retributions. Yeah, yeah. Right. But well, I think I think indie <laughs> games kind of get 
in ter- compared to like big triple A productions, kind of get like a little bit of a pass. Yeah, like, yeah, like um, 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 Five Nights at that. Freddy's coming out on the PS5. I don't expect that to look like Last of Us sure. Two. That's gonna uh-huh. be yeah. to me. It's gonna it's it's a small development team. People yeah. know. And yeah, you make that with the idea that it's going to be stylized, not so much right. realistic. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there's a obviously nowadays we have this thing of where it's either you're you got to pick a style or you're a triple a game or something that's you know going mm-hmm. for that as realistic as can be so i i don't see a lot of that now like you're saying uh sergio most things that come out now are very appealing to look at mm-hmm. e- even you know the latest game uh, is it ball the 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 latest Norse uh, mythology sort of Viking game. Assassin's Creed. Oh, Valheim. Valheim, yes. Uh, it's a, okay. You know, it's in beta right now, but it's stylized in a way that it looks yeah. really good. Yeah. Yeah, you're saying. Yeah. Even well, like I, I, think what, I think what he's more referring to are like the indie or indie like horror games that are made by like one guy or like, yeah. I, I don't, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Uh, you know, but I, I do get what Sergio is saying, too, yeah. you know. Yeah. But I, I do think we also give, I, I, I'm i more willing to give uh, indie developers a pass. So. Yeah, I would say maybe if you want to bring it up in terms of, like, there was a delay for Last of Us uh, 2 or there's something like that where he really wanted to either make it more realistic and have uh, characters look at their, like they're breathing which isn't really a feature anyone really hones in on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was pushing the technology. Mm-hmm. But again, it's like, that's not something that like, if it wasn't there, I wouldn't really have yeah. noticed or cared. Right. Well, and even I feel like Last of Us 1, like, I mean, I, I haven't, it looks good. Well, I haven't put it in my <laughs> PS3, but I'm sure it looks pretty good. So, so. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, Like, uh, I, I think, so so the pressures of like making a game for the modern era what what kind of uh impact do you think that has on um i I guess what kind of impact does that have on a development team which then in turn affects how we look at them as i guess from like the outside looking in you know like um you know we because we only see like one side of uh you know like we basically see the game and then we will take that as a reflection of this studio and its talent you know uh which is not always the case i mean um we know bethesda can make good games Fallout 76 is not necessarily a reflection of the studio as a whole, you know? Um, so I guess, like, I don't know. Some, sometimes I, I think about it in terms of, like, you know, what kind of, what kind of, um, what kind of uh, stresses are, like, the expectations of the community as a whole putting on this game to be the best possible game it can be and then you know and then it ends up being like not 
it it, it ends up being not that because yeah. because we necessary we built it up that way you yeah know? and well, then it and it and then it kind of pushed them yeah. to try harder for something me, that was ultimately uh, not obtainable let me jump off of your point with Fallout 76 and kind of bring it back to cyberpunk right okay um i i feel like with the expectation with with the release of the witcher 3 mm-hmm. and people love the witcher 3 and all the dlcs and, and it was a it's a really good game like people love it. It's like one of the right. like, it's a great game, right? It's a great game. Um, and then Cyberpunk, not so great. And there was already a like a bar. Your bar is Witcher Three, and what they were promising, of course, was you know like over here, like above Witcher, like way above Witcher Three. Right. Um, because you know they were promising a lot more things. And then it turns out that Witcher Three actually has a lot more features in it than Cyberpunk does in terms of like dialogue exchanges and storylines and and story story branches and stuff like that why don't you get ready to go we can hear you emma (laughs) okay i'm sorry brett brett was just asking me Uh just get get stuff ready we're almost so yeah we're almost almost done done. so i feel like i don't feel like uh i feel like if they released a game that was at the quality of witcher 3 at launch then it would have been okay but they promised more and they under delivered i feel like it's not it's not fans or gamers' yeah. faults for expectations. It's what they mm-hmm. what they show you, what they promise you. Well, especially so, when they spend twice as much money on the <laughs> budget, yeah. marketing. But yeah. marketing yeah. than they do on the actual game. Yeah. So well, because I, I, I feel like I feel like if the game had come out with like less of a buzz around it and it wasn't very good, yeah. but it got better, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I it's feel like I think I think that no, even then, because I feel like Witcher 3 was already your expectation level for that game, That's right? That's true. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you could have probably matched Witcher 3. Mm-hmm. And again, like, apparently Witcher 3 has more features and stuff, and it's actually, you know, whatever. Um, so yeah. when when you're talking about, like, like I said, when gamers, they're, gamers were told what to expect. And then mm-hmm. when, you don't, when you don't deliver that expectation, that's when you falter. No one's going to go into a game with... Uh, out some sort of expectation. Yeah. Um, uh, an example, I guess, would be like when Five Nights at Freddy's came out that was just dropped on the internet and it became huge, right? And it's a simple game. It's pretty basic. You're just looking at a wall and you just left and right and you have cameras. It's really yeah. basic and it looks, it doesn't look the greatest, but there's no, ex- there was no, you know, yeah. hi- you know, there's no big studio hyping it up underneath and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, every game following that was based on the expectation of the previous game. So then, yeah. Freddy's two had to improve on the first one, three on the last two, and then four or five. And now we have one coming on PS Five. Um, right. So again, I don't think gamers are at fault for what to expect because the studio or the marketing machine or whatever is telling them what they should expect. And yeah. if if the develop if the the studio doesn't meet those expectations, then that's on the studio. And again, I don't think it's on the developer or something like that. It's on the higher ups that are not that are not focused. Yeah. Like, okay. Even when we talk about Cyberpunk, they were like, "Hey, you know, we can't do this in this time frame. We should delay." And I'm like, "We'll delay a couple months. Yeah. We're not going to delay a long period of time or whatever." I thought that yeah. was great when they first actually said that. <laughs> so. Well, and and I think we all know this by now, but we, crunch culture really needs to just die. Yeah. You know, yeah. like yeah. people are going to buy your game if it's good. 
You know, if, yeah. if, if word of mouth in these communities is oh, one of the biggest marketing tools there is. grown so, so much between YouTube and Twitch and everything yeah. else. Uh, yeah. These guys, if your game is good, they will sell it for you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, how, I think. That's how games like. And I think these older folks who are running these companies still don't quite understand that. <laughs> So, and I understand you got 401ks to pay and, you know, health yeah, insurance I mean, to pay no for. Problem there's no with advertisement. No, there's not. There's not. There, there becomes an issue of you're, you're trying to sell us something that's not there. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and I prefer when games, I prefer when games undershoot the advertising personally. I, I, but, I agree you know, with that. Like, leave, I, leave I like knowing to what to expect. Out. But I don't want to know. I, I feel like I, I, I think cyberpunk, if anything, it should be a textbook example of how not to advertise your game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's more of what I was trying to get at. Um, basically, was the was the crunch culture, um, yeah. which I, I it's got to stop it, because it's only going to get worse. Right. You know, I kind of see it as a symptom of uh what i i think what i was trying to refer to was yeah. a, as a symptom of expectations placed on a studio on a particular studio or a particular game by consumers because of sure. past but experience feel, with them or i feel to a certain degree though these i feel like with a lot of bad games or underwhelming games the 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 issue starts when the developers are way too ambitious like mm -hmm. up front i've noticed and they make a lot of the promises that end up causing problems later in development before they realize that they can't do these things like Flash so, Lucky Fans, one that comes to my mind. Yeah, like, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, one that I think of is just because I, I know I like the series a lot, so I know a lot about the development cycles for all the games, Mass Effect Andromeda. They always wanted to do a more, uh, a more like, a, a better space travel system. Mm -hmm. um, and they tried that with, like, every single game. And then, you know, they said, you're finally going to be able to do this. But then they couldn't do it you know because a lot of developers just don't realize yeah. you know how hard it is to do stuff and and yeah. you know it, it it comes down to stuff like in cyberpunk with you know them saying oh everyone's gonna have their own cycle throughout the day like you know that's freaking hard you know yeah it just it just works <laughs> it just works i mean I, I and i can't believe i haven't brought this up until now um but this is still kind of the same like like the the marketing with, with cyberpunk i feel like is and, and no man's sky as well uh is very similar to how peter molyneux would go around and talk about the fable games right you know how how he was going around and making all these huge outlandish promises about the game that there was just there was no way you know and and then the game was released and and the fable games are you know for the most part well i mean depending on how you feel about uh three i guess but for the most part they're all pretty good generally well-received games it's just that um again it was a guy going around and getting everybody's kind of 
um, expectations so high and so unrealistic uh, for something that could ultimately not be. Yeah. You know? He's a notorious Drew. Yeah. So, that, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I just, I can't believe I, had, I hadn't brought that point up until now because, I mean, this has been, yeah, because this has been going on for years. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. This um, is not new. This no, is not a new I mean problem. this was happening. This was happening in Nintendo Power in the nineties, in the eighties. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, this is really isn't a new thing. It's just more of a problem <laughs> now. I think. I think no, that we just have uh, so many studios making yeah, stuff. Yeah. Also, the like, guys in the garage make. Yeah. Make, make Social media now, also so. really amplifies mm-hmm. a lot of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and before, before, like in the nineties, whatever, you buy a game and it's not what they promise. It's only you and your friends that you know within close box. You know. But then now you can get on like get on Reddit and you can see like oh everyone feels this way not just me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and and to to a lesser degree, I mean, well, not to a lesser degree because I feel like this contributes to it. The culture around like E three really, um, which I think E three is dying. So like, I mean, the hype who knows? Train culture, let's go, baby. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, it's a hype train <laughs> culture. Like yeah. everyone I, I wants to. It. It's a it's a hard to, thing to do because yeah, you it's you, you have know. to sell your game. You have mm-hmm. to sell. Yeah, no, you have to yeah. it up. You get people to buy your game yeah i just wish that they would do it without lying just don't do right. it five years ahead of time either yeah you know I, I think transparency is one of the yeah. best things a company can do and we just I need feel, more of yeah. that i feel like you should know you need to know what you have yeah yes sell, sell yeah. that don't sell what the game isn't right. right exactly figure out what the game can be before you start trying to sell me something and mm-hmm. then you know start looking into stuff and if you get criticism or feedback on what these people are really wanting from your game or things you can add then go for that give yourself enough time to show your advertising get feedback have you know people actually play the game and give you feedback like you know we know they do already and build on that don't yeah don't don't sell us something that's going to be there like no man sky freighters (laughs) that show up two years later well, I think that's a well, pretty good ending point, I, right? I honestly cannot think of a better stopping point for our discussion uh, other than... Wait, hold on one second. My door's opening. Wait. Peter Molyneux? <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk to me about Fable? What? Oh, God. Okay, guys, I gotta go. I'm sorry. Peter Molyneux is in my... He just barged into my apartment and he wants to give me the inside scoop on why... Should I call the police? On why Fable 3 was a dumpster fire. So I have to go, actually. But, um, uh, Sergio, can you can you do the outro for us real quick? I'm sorry, I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. Yeah, you can follow us on uh, Twitter and Facebook uh, and YouTube at the Game Raiders Pod. And, uh, you know, we post bi-weekly. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. Um, we don't make promises that we can't keep. Um, you can buy our DLC though. We'll Not yet though. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> uh, that's all I got. Uh, thank you, Emma. Thank you, Adam. Yes, thank yeah. you guys for coming so on, uh, having this discussion with us. Um, and yeah, I mean, we got a, a bunch of other uh, cool episodes coming up for you guys. So please stay tuned. Buy our DLC. Buy our merch. Buy our bodies. Wish we had I don't merch. know. Um, I'll see you on the flip side, guys. Bye. Yeah. And bye bye. Following you, I want to know what was behind the road to rule. What was that? About?